0: told Jesus that he would always be there for him. But sadly, that turned out not to be true. When given the chance to testify that he was a true follower of the Lord Jesus, he chickened out. And three times he testifies, I don't even know the man. then the rooster crows and the prediction of Jesus comes true. Peter has let Jesus down. But listen to how he did it. Peter let Jesus down in the same way that many times you and I let Jesus down. Peter let Jesus down by not telling the truth. By not telling the truth About who Jesus was. But you know, during the Passion Week, not only did Peter struggle with the truth, many others were willing to compromise when it came to truth. In the Bibles in front of you on page 959, I'm going to be sharing from John chapter 18 today. And I'm going to begin in verse 28. And for the next three weeks, I'm going to be sharing with you about the events that led up to the crucifixion and ultimate resurrection of the Lord Jesus. In verse 28 of chapter 18 in the book of John, the Bible says Then they, the Jews, led Jesus from Caiaphas, the high priest, to the praetorium, and it was early morning. But they themselves did not go into the praetorium lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, if he were not an evildoer, if he were not a criminal, we would not have delivered him up to you. Then Pilate said to him, you take him and judge him according to your law. Therefore the Jews said to him, it's not lawful for us to put anyone to death. That the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled when he spoke, signifying by what death he would die. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you concerning me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have been coming into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews, and he said to them, I find no fault in him at all. But you have a custom that I should... Release someone to you at the Passover. Do you therefore want me to release to you the king of the Jews? Then they all cried out again saying, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Of all the places in the world, a courtroom should be a place where you hear the truth. But if you are a fan of people's court like Janet and I are, you'll find that it seems like in every case, somebody's lying. Rather than deciding innocence or guilt, decisions in today's courtrooms have been reduced to deciding who's telling the truth and who's lying. Well, early in the morning... Just hours before his death, Jesus stood in what amounted to a Roman courtroom before a man named Pilate. The prosecution brought witnesses against Jesus, but there was not one soul who would stand alongside the Son of God. He stood all alone, before the one who would hear the charges and then decide his fate. Pilate had to decide, first of all, what was truth. Then second, what's he going to do with the truth when he finds it? You know, that's something that you and I have to do every day. Every day, you and I have to find the truth and then decide what are we going to do with the truth. For instance, we have to decide if that warning sign that says speeds checked by radar is true. And then once you make your decision on that sign, you have to determine and decide am I going to let off the gas or not. But we also have to decide the truthfulness about more important issues too. We have to decide if it's really true that God despises sin. We have to decide, is it really true that God loves us? We have to decide, is it really true that everything we do has consequences in this life and in the life to come. Friends, in the events that happened in our courtroom today, we're going to see witnesses share four truths about mankind, about our world, and about our God. The first truth is this. The Jewish leaders show us that it's true that there are a great many people who are religious that know nothing about Jesus. And they want nothing to do with Jesus. Look there in verse 28. The Jews led Jesus from Caiaphas to the praetorium, but they themselves didn't go into the praetorium lest they be defiled. they were ready to eat the Passover. Pilate then went out to them. And asked, what accusation do you bring against this man? They said to him, if he weren't a criminal, we would not have delivered him to you. And then Pilate said to them, well, then you take him. You take him and judge him according to your law. But the Jews said to him, it's not lawful for us to put anybody to death. You know, I think it's pretty sorry. Sorry. Pretty sorry that these Jewish leaders, they don't want to get themselves dirty by walking into Pilate's house, but they don't hesitate to condemn an innocent man. Apparently, they can allow hate to have full reign in their lives and still be clean because they're following the traditions of men. But I find that to be pretty sickening. But you know there are many people who are caught up in religion but they don't want nothing to do with Jesus. But listen friend, religion can't save you. Only Jesus can save you. But these Jews were more concerned with the outward show. They were more concerned with looking good to everyone else more than they were having a right relationship with God. Aren't you glad we don't have that problem in our church? Hypocrites. You know, hypocrites turn people off to Jesus, but they also turn people off to church. People say, That person claims to be a believer in Jesus. He goes to church, but he don't act no different than me. He claims to be a believer. He goes to church, but he don't talk no different than me. He claims to be a believer. He goes to church, but he don't have any more joy than me. He don't have any more peace than I do. That friend is precisely the difference between a person who is merely religious and a person who truly knows Jesus. The person who knows Jesus has had this radical change in their life. And as a result, they live differently than the world does around them. There are many people who are religious, but they don't know nothing about Jesus. Secondly, there we see something through the life of Christ. Through the life of Christ, we also find that it's true that everything Jesus said would happen did. did. Y'all hear that? Look in verse 32. That the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke, signifying by what death he would die. In Matthew chapter 20. The Lord Jesus predicted his death and his resurrection. Listen carefully. Now Jesus going up to Jerusalem took the twelve aside on the road and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the scribes. They will condemn him to death and they will deliver him to the Gentiles, to the Romans, and they will mock him and scourge him and crucify him. And the third day he will rise Again, how do you know the Bible's true? How do you know that what Jesus says is true? Well, it's easy. If Jesus predicted his death and resurrection, but it didn't come true, I'd throw out everything else he said. If Jesus had said to the waters, peace be still but the storm continued, I wouldn't have to listen to another word he said. If Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, but Lazarus stayed in the grave, I wouldn't have to listen to another word he said. If Jesus said to the paralytic, arise, take up your bed and walk, but the man's legs remain lifeless, I wouldn't have to listen to another word he said. But listen, the fact is this. All those things happened Just as Jesus said. So listen up. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me, I better pay attention. When the word of God says, whatever a man sows, that he will also reap, I better pay attention. When God says, I'm coming back. Jesus said, I'm coming back for you, I better be sure that I'm prepared. Because everything Jesus said would happen, did and will. Thirdly, all the people present that day show us that it's true that people like to embrace sin rather than embrace a Savior. It's incredible. Look at the end of verse 38. Pilate said, I find no fault in him at all. But you have a custom that I should release someone to you at the Passover. Do you therefore want me to release to you the king of the Jews? And they all cried again saying, no, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. The people were given a choice. Jesus or Barabbas? What a choice. Jesus gave life. But Luke says that this man named Barabbas was a man who caused rebellion and murder. He took life. Jesus gave life. Barabbas took life. Jesus was a holy man. Barabbas was a sinful man. Jesus brought comfort and peace. Barabbas only brought fear and turmoil. And as illogical as it was, The people chose Barabbas. You know, people today do the same thing. People today have a similar choice. They can consider holding on to their sin, or they can consider clinging to Jesus for forgiveness. Maybe we hold on to a grudge and can't allow ourselves to forgive somebody who hurt us. Maybe we hold on to that grudge because somebody's hurt somebody we love. Maybe we hold on to our anger because somebody has done an injustice against us. Perhaps we hold on to our favorite TV show even though it's filled with words and images and ideas that are totally offensive to God. Maybe we hold on to our language We hold on to our addictions because of the short-lived pleasure they provide. Jesus offers peace, but we say, no, thank you, Lord. I'll take my alcohol. Jesus offers us a relationship with God, and we say, no, thank you, I'll take my material riches. Jesus offers us eternity. We say, no, thank you, Lord. I'll take my life today. Jesus offers us truth, and we say, no, thank you, Lord. I'll live my lie. Jesus offers us forgiveness, and we say, no, thank you, Lord. I'll just continue living in my sin. So let's make sure we don't point fingers, amen? Let's not point fingers at people because they've made stupid decisions. You and I have made similar stupid decisions this week alone. Amen? There's three of us. How have we made similar stupid decisions? Because we have chosen the fake of this world over the truth that Jesus offers. You see, it's true that many are religious, but they don't know Jesus. It's true that everything that Jesus said would happen, did, and will. But it's also true that people, even some Christians, choose the darkness of sin over a Savior who offers forgiveness. Finally this morning, we also find that it's true that Jesus is the king of a distant kingdom. Look in verse 33 again. Pilate entered the praetorium again and called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him and said, are you speaking for yourself about this or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate then said to him, are you a king then? And listen to Jesus' response. You've said rightly, I am a king. For this cause I was born, for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth, hears my voice. So the only accusation really against Jesus is that he was claiming to be a king. And since that would put him in opposition to the Roman emperor Caesar, Pilate had to find out what did Jesus really mean. Jesus said, the servants of my kingdom respond differently. They respond differently than the servants of most kingdoms. He said, My kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not from here. He was there to bear the truth of his kingdom. Won't it be nice to have a government based on truth for a change? Amen? That's going to be good. But Jesus' kingdom's coming. And he is the king of kings, and he is the Lord of lords, and that being the case, his kingdom come, should have some impact on the way we view our future. I'm either going to be serving alongside Jesus in his kingdom, or I'm going to be his enemy. The question is, am I on the side of truth or not? Outside the praetorium that day, Pilate was the judge. Today, you and I are the judges. Is it true that Jesus is king and that all who refuse his authority will suffer the consequences? Yes. Is it true that Jesus Christ died on the cross and died for your sins? Yes. Is it true that everything Jesus said would happen, did? Yes. But what's true in your life? Is it true that you're religious, but You really don't have that one-on-one relationship with Jesus? Is it true that you've been preventing God from having complete control of everything you are and everything you do? Those are questions I really can't answer for you. Only you can answer those questions. So maybe... You've encountered a little bit of truth about yourself this morning. And maybe when you look at that truth, you say, you know what? I don't like it. Maybe it's some truth that you think, you know what? I need to change that. And I want you to know this morning that you can by making Jesus the king of your life. So in a moment, we're going to be standing and singing and it's decision time. It's response time. This is your opportunity to respond to the truth you've heard this morning. Are you ready to be changed forever? Are you ready to place your faith and your trust in the risen Lord Jesus? The truth of Scripture says this. If you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. That's the truth of Scripture. And listen to this. You and all the people whose lives you touch are going to have to deal with how you respond to the truth this morning. That leads me to another opportunity for you. Last week we said that spiritually transformed people transform people. And the primary ministry that Bethel Baptist Church uses to reach beyond our walls into the lives and living rooms of lost and homebound neighbors is through our Grow Outreach Ministry. On the first and third Tuesday. Seven months out of the year, during daylight savings time, we meet for one hour. How long? And I mean, we're strict. It's not, 50, not, not 60 minutes, not 61 minutes, it's one hour. And we meet for one hour, and some of us go out to visit. Some of us go out and sing to homebound families. Some of us stay in and write cards of encouragement and of prayer and of sympathy. Some stay in and pray for those on our prayer wall or those on our prayer list. Some stay here and and work on the outside and the inside of the church, preparing it for visitors that might come the next week. But I want to give you a little bit of truth right now. You ready for it? Say amen. Everybody can afford one hour. Everybody can afford one hour a month for seven months. That's some truth. So during this decision time, you're going to have your opportunity to respond to the truth. And that is, you're going to be able to respond saying, I'm going to serve Christ by serving others. And I'm going to take that little blue commitment card that I had in my bulletin, or if I've lost it already, I'm going to fill it out here on the table. And during this decision time we're going to come up we're going to place that little blue commitment card in this plate at the foot of the cross listen to this as an offering to your king. It's just one little way that we all can respond to the truth. So whatever your decision is today When the song begins, you respond. I just pray that you would respond in obedience. Let me pray for you. Father God, we praise you and we thank you for the truth, the truth that is found in your son Jesus Christ. And Lord, we ask now in his name that Lord, our response to the truth would honor you. Father, in a group this large, there are undoubtedly people who have not received the truth. Maybe they've been coming to church and maybe.